0: If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey there. Welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel. I am so excited for you to be here today. Today we're talking all about pain, how we handle pain, how our personalities lend us to handle pain, but most importantly, that pain does not have to define us such a great topic and one that applies to every single one of us. So I'm excited that you're jumping in for this journey with us. We have a new Patreon subscriber, and I want to give a shout out to him. His name is Glenn Graham. And Glenn, hi. I'm so happy you've joined our Patreon family. You are just such a gift to this show, and I have enjoyed the little commentary that we've had back and forth. You're just a gem. So thank you for choosing to support this work. It means the world to me. If any of you listening are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, you can learn more about that on my website just at jesusfollower.com and click on the button Patreon. I love you guys, and let's dig into this episode. Here we go. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I'm just going to start this episode by saying all of us have such different personalities, don't we? And I think the way we're wired naturally tends to lead us down certain paths when it comes to things like trauma, things like disappointment, anger, jealousy, painful stuff. When we look at how each individual handles pain, I think a lot of it does have to do with your personality and the unique way that you're wired. I'm not sure if many of you are fans of the Enneagram. I personally am a fan of it, although not quite as in as deep as some people. My sister-in-law is like crazy nerdy with it. I'm so impressed. All I know is the basic descriptions, you could say, of each Enneagram type. So if you don't know your type, it's totally fun. It's worth digging into. Of course, there's the Meyer-Briggs test. That always gives a lot of insightful information. Um, On the Enneagram, I'm going to hover over that for just a second. I am a three with a wing two. And threes are very driven, take charge. They like to get tasks accomplished, creative, that sort of thing. Twos are helpers. They're the ones that are caregivers, nurturers, that sort of thing. And so I have this get up and go thing in me, right? But I also have this pause and nurture thing in me. However, you are wired probably plays into a lot of the stories from your past and a lot of the situations that you have walked through and and are trying to heal from. It's interesting to dig into your personality type and I cannot recommend it enough. One of the cool things I found is that once you figure out your Enneagram, you can go over to any numerology site and the life path numbers in numerology totally match the Enneagram numbers. So looking at numbers one through nine, you know, I'm a three. I go read the life path number three on a numerology chart and it's like so much The same information, but more of a mystic and um, spiritual take on it. I don't know. It's very interesting. So, just a little fun little hobby for you to do if you haven't ventured down any of those paths before. But setting the stage for this topic of pain, most of us can say how we're wired. You know, are you the person in the argument that goes for it? Like, are you hitting confrontation head on? Or are you the peacemaker? Are you the one that wants to try to resolve the argument? Or are you the type that just is like non-confrontational and you're going to run out of the room as fast as you can? All of these little things that we are just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. Pay attention to those things because they really intertwine this story of pain. Whether or not you carry scars, whether or not you carry healed, rejoicing, like I'm totally free of any sort of concern from my story and things that happened to me. However you do that probably has a lot to do with your personality. Some of the dangerous teachings that I've heard when it comes to topics like forgiveness or topics like trauma is that especially in Christian circles, they want to wrap it up with this beautiful bow on top And say, if you say this magic prayer, if you memorize these magic verses, if you do these five steps, you're going to be fine. And it doesn't work. I suppose there are the few that can say that it works, but I venture a guess that their personality lends itself to something like that. For some of you, the idea of forgiveness Let's just start there, right? Let's just be real. For some of you, you are like, yeah, no. If I'm honest with you and honest with me, I'm not wired to let go. I'm not wired to let a person get off the hook. I'm not wired to just forgive for the sake of my own self. Like, I'd rather be holding on to it than not right? And then there are other people who are like, yes, let me forgive them. I don't ever want to think about it again. Get it out of my head, out of my body. I'm done, right? And then there are others that float somewhere in between. So the way you respond to things like that often reflects how you're going to carry pain throughout your life. I'd like to do this practice of like a pain inventory. (laughs) This sounds so depressing, but like this practice where, and you can do this great through like um, meditation or prayer or journaling in a therapy session, you know, the the moments when you're able to sit down and clear your headspace, this is when I like to do this, where I'm just sitting, I'm meditating, I'm quiet, I'm going inward, right? And I just start kind of checking in with myself. How are you doing about this scenario? How are you holding up? Are you okay? And usually my emotion is like popping out at the instant that I just ask myself that question, like, um, yeah, no, I'm pretty angry, actually. It's like, oh, wow, there's some hidden anger. Okay, good to know. Or I find that even just asking myself that question about a certain topic, tears just immediately come out. It's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. I was so still grieving this or still wounded from this. It's so surprising to me how we can really think that we're past something until a moment of quiet with ourselves. And that button is pushed and all of a sudden this emotion just like bubbles out and you go, oh, wow, I didn't know this was still hurting me so deeply. I didn't know this was still a thing. Taking a quick inventory and checking in with yourself is huge. I probably don't do it as often as I should truthfully i I try to do this every couple months. um it used to be more frequent than that when I was like in the thick of stuff. It was like on the weekly basis, like checking in checking in. That's how I processed That's how I dug myself out of the hole I was in, but now it's okay. I have to remind myself this is important it's a really important part of self care but when you find yourself doing this inventory and maybe you are like so aware of yourself you don't even need an inventory but when you find yourself taking a little internal look and you see the things that jump to the surface those are the things that if you keep pushing aside will only grow deeper and weedier and messier and more gangrene if you will but when you tug them out and you look at them and you explore them you get to know them there's a release that happens in that process moments like that for me are typically when I begin the grieving process Um, and grief can include anger grief can include sadness it can include denial could include a lot of things, but letting your heart travel through those emotions in those places are so valid. And I'm talking even situations that you don't think are bothering you. It's so funny how when you sit down, you're like, you know, this came to mind. How, how am I really feeling about that? I have a friend, she's a life coach. And, um, every now and then when we're talking about something, she flips on her life coach hat <laughs> And I'm like, oh, you're life coaching me right now, aren't you? And one of her life coaching questions is, what is the truth in that scenario that you're not saying? My God, isn't that a good question? And so I've kind of plugged that into my internal inventory practice and been like, okay, when this situation comes up, what is the truth about this that I'm not wanting to say can learn a lot about yourself, your personality, the way you handle things just by that simple question. I was talking to my brother the other day. As you guys know, I just adore my brother to pieces. And he had run into a dear friend of ours. And of course, I haven't seen his friend for years. He hadn't either, but they got to catch up over coffee. And this friend is, I don't know, probably somewhere near my age, late 30s, early 40s, kind of ish. And he and my brother get along great. This is one of my brother's favorite people. Always happy, always joyful, always has a smile on his face, that kind of guy. And throughout the conversation, my and mind you, again, my brother hadn't seen this guy for years. He starts noticing how negative this friend is. and he kind of got to the bottom of what was bothering him, which was very on the surface. It was something that had happened like six years ago. And I mean, it was not a great situation, but it was not something like a divorce. It was not something like a death. It was not something like a crisis. It was just, he'd been wronged by a friend and it really pissed him off. And he apparently was still really mad about it. And my brother left that conversation. He called me on the way home and he was like, you know, every person in their life, I think around this age, somewhere in the middle space, they determine what kind of old person they're going to be. And I just loved that statement so much because, okay, you guys know, you go to a nursing home, you go to... Maybe your grandparents' house, your great-grandparents' house, right? Like, there are two kinds of old people. There are, it's the grandma that loves everybody, right? Who's constantly trying to give everyone her baked goods or her knit sweaters or her cookies or, you know, loving everyone as if they are her own family, right? We all know that grandma type. Then there's this other grandma that, by God, even though you're in the same family and you love her, she is just a force to be reckoned with she's not pleasant she's controlling she's angry she's irritable she's opinionated but not in like a really encouraging way you're either the warm fuzzy lover of life lover of people grandparent or old person or you are the bitter angry old person and my brother said to me he's like i think i know which path he's taking and that's so unfortunate for a lot of us, we stay hopeful in our youthful, younger years. We we hold on to the idea of everything working out in the end, the idea we're going to find true love, we're going to have this wonderful, happy family, we're going to have this magnificent career and have this house in the right neighborhood and have the right friends and the right Instagram photos and the right family Christmas card, or the right job promotion or the right title or the right accomplishments that will make everyone so proud and know that we actually amounted to something. Life in the beginning is full of expectation. At least it has been for me. But then you get to this point in life after disappointment, after failure, after disappointment, after loss, after disappointment, after failure, and you start going, <sighs> I don't know that that this ends so well. I don't know that there is a good ending, that all things lead to a happy ending. I don't know. I don't know. And then you start to weasel down into conversations with yourself like, see, nothing works out right. See, everybody's out to get me. See, I can't trust. This is why I don't trust people. This is why I don't go to churches. This is why I don't engage with neighbors. This is why I don't want a best friend anymore. This is why I can't trust my kids' friends. This is why, this is why, this is why. And we get into this pessimistic place where, because of our story, because of our disappointments, because of our pain, we close up shop and just decide... Nah, we're screwed anyway. What's the point? And this like festering, angry, bitter thing takes root. And down you go towards the path, whether you're realizing it or not, towards being that grumpy, bitter old person. I've had to check in with myself a lot on this lately. And I... I would love to tell you that my optimism and cup always half full has been the whole story of the last few years for me. That was the story up until the last few years. I has, again, it's the three in me. I have this personality that's like, we can accomplish anything. (laughs) Just give me the right tools to work with and I can get through this. And that gumption has been a very good friend to me. But the last few years I lost it. And I slipped into that place of nothing is good, nothing is right, nothing is fair, nothing will ever turn out the way I hope. All I will get is disappointment. So I might as well set myself up for that. And that was a very depressing space. Because you start to lose hope. You start to lose connection with the idea of better. The idea of good. Hope's a powerful thing and something that I I don't function well without, I I can't speak for you, but for me, I have to have something pushing me onward. I have to have a goal in mind for me to keep moving. I have to believe in good. I have to believe in a good outcome. Otherwise, I'm going to crumble. And so when I lost that part of me, I crumbled. I crumbled hard. Some of the podcasts um, from last season are during that period, and there's... Evidence sprinkled all throughout them of my not being, not being great, not being great at all. Um, But in that place, I realized I had two choices. I could choose to stay in that place of apathy, anger, resentment, closed off, mistrusted, hardened thing. Or I could fight like hell for the light. Fighting for light isn't easy. Anyone who tells you it is hasn't been through anything hard. Because when you were going through hard things, when you're going through painful things, fighting to hold on and fighting for light does not necessarily come easily. Especially if you're a little bit battled and bruised from the last go around. I think about people not that long ago in wartime where they would torture war criminals, where they would just do awful, awful events to, to people who were in the other camp, the other side of the war line. And you think about how quickly so many people crack under pain. It's why torture works. It's why... In many places, it's now outlawed because not only is it effective, but it's, it's inhumane because no one should crack under pain. So the idea that your pain shouldn't have some sort of effect on you is just nonsense. Pain is hard. Whatever form of pain you have experienced, it leaves a mark on you. And gosh darn that, right? Like gosh darn that. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish so badly that we could brush off painful things. But we're not wired that way. However, our society encourages us to look like we're wired that way. So whatever your personality is, you're probably going to tend to what will society approve of, and I will show that amount of pain. And then the rest, we're just going to kind of slough aside. Pain doesn't have to define you, and yet so easily it can. When you take that pain inventory and you just settle down, you set with yourself, and you get quiet, and you just check in, how am I feeling about that person getting married? How am I feeling about what my child said to me the other day? How am I feeling about what my spouse or partner is doing right now? How am I really feeling about my job, my career, where I'm at? And in those moments, these little parts of our heart crack open and bleed a little bit. And you get to see some pain that's in there. Chasing the light in those moments is simply just the acknowledgement that the pain is there and giving it a space to release itself. Sometimes you just have to bleed it out a little bit. Sometimes the heart just has to open and let some of that anger out. Let some of that sadness out. Let some of that grief out. Let some of that frustration at the injustice of whatever the thing is out. Because if you don't, you become like that friend that my brother and I share. That his whole personality has been robbed. Because he just couldn't quite heal from the betrayal of this friend. Something that he just could not let go of. I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't know that any of us want to be that guy. And I don't even know that he realizes he's being that guy. That's the sad part. I want to be someone that is softer on the other side of pain. Softer in a way that I am more compassionate, I am more open, I am more ready to extend healing and refuge to others in need because I know what it feels like to have been there. Softer in some of my black and white sharp edges, softer in my quick judgment calls of people, softened in good ways, but equally hardened. Hardened in that I know That I can go through hell and stand up again. Hardened in that I know that I am not defined by what people say or do or think about me. Hardened in that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I will be okay. No matter what hell storm I'm going through. Hardened in that I know not to be quick to trust but not because I'm bitter, because I'm wise. You see, there is a strength that comes from pain if you don't allow it, the pain to define you, but you allow the healing to define you. How you heal through pain will define the rest of the course of your life. Healing is what makes you. Healing is where the softness comes, where the hard, the good hardness comes, the strength comes. It's all in the healing. I know that a lot of you have been through some awful, awful things, and I don't even want to give you the impression that what I'm talking about is easy or flippant because I understand that it's not. Some betrayals can Marcus for the rest of our life. And I'm speaking from personal experience on that one. I just took inventory the other day and I was like, oh, I'm still really mad about that. I've got some work to do. I need to work through that. I need to let some of that out because if I bottle it up, I'm going to get really bitter about this. I don't want someone else's behavior to control the way I show up in a room. And yet I realized Oh, that's kind of happening. (laughs) How did I get here? That wasn't even that, it's not even that big of an offense, but it was a betrayal that clearly meant a lot to me because I'm still feeling it. Taking inventory is so important and allowing yourself space to look at it, to know it, to release it, and to choose to start healing from it. That's how you let yourself not be defined by it. Don't be that guy. We don't, none of us want to be that guy. You are meant to be the happy grandma or grandpa at the table who is so full of joy and life and wisdom and jewels of insight that younger people flock to you for your wisdom and your knowledge and the safety and love that they feel from you. You want to be that guy or that girl. That's who you want to be. You don't want to be the one that everyone is avoiding in the room because they get snapped at when they talk to you or because you're just unhappy all the time or negative all the time or grumpy all the time. You don't want that. Your life is in your hands, your life, and how you will spend the rest of it is completely dependent on how you choose to heal or not heal from pain. I know it's kind of a sobering topic, and I know that it's not one that probably a lot of us just are like, yay, let's talk about this. But it's so vital to me that when I sat down before I recorded this episode, the question that came in my head was, if if you had one thing left to say, and that could be the only thing left that you ever said to your listeners, what would it be? And it it was immediate. Pain doesn't have to define you. If I boiled my whole message, my whole story, all my writing, all of my podcasting, all of my speaking, if I could boil it into one sentence, it is that. That is it. Pain does not have to define you. Not because you're in denial about it. Not because you whitewash it and bury it. But because you've sat with it. You've given it a place at your table. You've gotten to know it. And then you've been able to release it. I love you guys. And I love your journeys. Although messy. Mine is super messy, by the way. The messiness is what gives us the grit. The messiness is is the beauty. The messiness is in the comfort. I love Sitting on a couch that's not perfectly put together in a living room that feels homey. I love that. That's what messy stories are like when they've been healed. That's what they're like. It's like coming home. People who have that old soul weight to them, that golden wisdom, that just life radiating out of their eyes with the strength that pierces you deeply. That's what I'm talking about. That is the nugget and the gold. In life, it's not the goal is not having a pain free life. We've been sold crap in that that is what we're supposed to be chasing after, and that's the ideal, that's the goal. People who don't go through stuff, I get kind of like impatient with because I don't know how to connect with their lack of depth. It's really hard for me. And this is even before I went through my own journey of pain. I remember when I was younger gravitating towards these these deep, layered, interesting people. They've been through pain, they've been through hell and back and there's like gold inside of them. That's the gem in life. That is what you want to hunt after because every single one of us has pain. All of us do. So what do we do with it? That's what makes or breaks your story. That's what makes or breaks your legacy and who you are, who your children remember you as, who your friends feel that you are like. I love you guys and feel free to reach out at any time. I am here. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, through my email, all the things. Feel free to reach out and chat if this is something you're going through and you just need somebody to listen. I'm happy, happy to be there. Love you guys. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.